Hey there, welcome to the Agents of Revival podcast. If you're ready to be healed and take full accountability of your life by evolving into your best self, then this is the podcast for you. I am your host, Andrea Griffin Rogers, and I'll share with you winning steps as well as personal tips and anecdotes on how to go from brokenness to wholeness and from scattered pieces to inner peace. So come on in and join me on this healing journey and let's become whole together. Enjoy it. Hey guys, what's up? Thank you for joining me again today for another episode of Agents of Revival. Today we are talking about the Messy Miracle series and we are at part eight, y'all. Y'all know eight is the number of new beginnings. And so I hear guys saying we need to discuss something that's an old philosophy but needs to be rebirthed, renewed, revived into the atmosphere, into today's culture of church, of society. It's time to get back to Jesus, y'all. And so today's message is called God's way isn't like ours. Nope, God's way isn't like ours. And so before I get into this message, because I'm so excited to talk to you, um, I actually been just praying and trying to figure out what God was doing and where I wanted to take the message. Um, but I'll, I'll explain later. Let me just say the prayer and then we'll get into it. Spirit of the living God, we come to you right now. I just want to say thank you for allowing this opportunity for my brothers and my sisters to hear a word from you. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. May I be decreased in this moment so that you may be increased, Heavenly Father. May you get the glory from this moment, God. May you get the glory from our lives, God. May our lives reflect you more and more and less of ourselves, less of culture, less of society. Heavenly Father, may we start to resemble God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, prune, burn out, refine out of us everything that is not like you, Jesus, so that we can be salt and light in the earth, truly showing your people, even those who don't even know you yet. May we be able to show them, God, your love by the way that we love others, by the way that we honor and serve you, Heavenly Father. And so, God, just be glorified in this moment. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, Lord, my strength and my redeemer. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys. So, um... God's way isn't like ours. And, you know, it takes me back to, I was up early in the morning hours and I was just uh, spending time, my normal daily time studying with the father and praying and just reading his word. And I came across a familiar scripture as I'm back uh, restudying about the prophets, the major prophets. And um, I'm back restudying Isaiah. And I came across a scripture that is one of my favorites. And I felt like God was bringing it back around for me to, you know, discuss. And that is Isaiah 55. And before I get into it, I want to give you a little bit of backstory first before I get into it. Um, I, I remember while I was sitting in the prayer time with the Father, I was trying to... I was trying to pinpoint why this scripture 
was resonating with me. And if you understand or or if you recognize today, I'm kind of taking my time because I want to make sure that I hear the Lord clearly, but also that I get all of my message out that I want to get to. Because we're going to talk about something today that might be a little touchy subject for some people. So listen, discretion advise. <laughs> but uh, I think it's very timely and much needed. So I want to, you know, give it the reverence that it deserves as God is speaking in this day and age and time. And um, as I was praying and studying and I was reading the scripture, I was reminded of something that I had recently done um, and why the scripture was more important now than ever. And so before I even get into what I did, I'll tell you after I read the scripture, I want to read Isaiah 55. And so the title of it, and you know, I always read from the New Living Translation. The title of it is called Invitation to the Lord's Salvation. Not invitation to your favorite apostolic church, your favorite Pentecostal church, your favorite denominational church. Not an invitation to your favorite priest, pope, bishop, saint, mother. Not an invitation to your favorite choir no, this is an invitation to the Lord's salvation written over 2,000 years ago. And so Isaiah 55 says, is anyone thirsty? Come and drink, even if you have no money. I'm going to say that again. Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink, even if you have no money. Come, take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Why pay for food that does you no good? Listen to me and you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest food. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen and you will find life. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you all the unfailing love I promised to King David. See how I used him to display my power among the peoples. I made him a leader among the nations. You also will command nations you do not know. And peoples unknown to you will come running to obey. Because I, the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, have made you glorious. Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him now while he, while he is near. Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that he may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God for he will forgive generously. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. The rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to and it will prosper everywhere I send it. You will live in joy and peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song and the trees of the field will clap their hands. Where once there were thorns, cypress trees will grow. Where nettles grew, myrtles will sprout up. These events will bring great honor to the Lord's name, 
They will be an everlasting sign of his power and love. And so as I was rereading this scripture, I was thinking about what I recently done a few weeks ago. Um, there's a new movie out right now and it should be, I believe it's worldwide at this point. Um, cause it first opened in a few theaters and then it kind of released, uh, as it spread. And I believe now it's worldwide. Um, it's called the Jesus revolution movement. And, um, I did even a movie review of it on my YouTube channel at Andre Griffin Rogers. So go check that out. I had a special guest with me as well that went along and they gave their thoughts to the film. Um, but it was so good. And we, you know, the, we went to see it the week it was to come out. And, um, and as we watched, I remember, as I even said in my video review, how it challenged me in so many ways. As I first watched it, I found myself resonating with um, a character, but who also was a real life person in the film. Excuse me, called Lonnie Frisbee. And I remember just the Lonnie Frisbee character is, um, he's also seen in a TV series called The Chosen. But not Lonnie Frisbee. He's he's passed on. But I'm saying the, the actor that portrays him. But Lonnie Frisbee was a man years ago in the 60s and 70s who just kind of came up on the scene in the West Coast. And he just started to preach the message of Jesus. He just started to open his Bible and start preaching the message of Jesus. And, you know, if you go and read some of his bio on Wikipedia... And it does say that like he used to be um, into, um, well, in the movie it even shows as well that he used to be into drugs and stuff. And then he kind of like had a wake up moment with the father and stopped doing that. And then started to, you know, preach the gospels. And so he would just kind of like hitchhike going up and down the West Coast with his Bible, opening it up and just reading it to the hippies as they were called at that time. And the hippies at one point were really about drugs but one of the things he says in a movie that was so profound was um there's an entire generation searching for god and he was like you know it was basically because who well first let me tell you real quick he was talking to chuck smith who um was a pastor of the calvary chapel in i forgot what part of california but it was in california and he is basically telling him like why the hippies need Jesus too. Yes, you look at us because you know the dynamic of Chuck and um, Lonnie was what we would see in today's church, which is the younger generation versus the older generation, and you see that in a a big part of the movie, and and it's so interesting again that watching this movie. Of real life events that happened in the 60s. And how it's resonating today. Like but even the fashion. Because you know fashion repeats itself. And so people are into fashion. That was in the 60s and 70s anyway now. So watching it. You really do feel like you're watching a modern film. Because of the times. Like we are dealing with the same civil unrest. We are dealing with the same wars. Just different names. We're dealing with the same injustices. We're dealing with the same racisms. We're dealing with the same um, 
tribalisms and um generational divide in the church like we're dealing with the same stuff today so watching this film like i said as i was watching it i felt like lonnie frisbee because i felt like i was the only person right now that i'm hearing that's like not only do we have to build a bridge and is willing to build a bridge between the older generation and the younger generation but also i felt like a broken record, I guess is the best way to put it. Because for years, and even the person that I went to see the, the movie with, um, a local reverend that I know, Reverend Stephanie Phillips, you know, even with her, I said to her, um, you know, and this is in private conversation. I don't think I said this in the video. But we're dealing with the same stuff today. And even for years, I've been trying to say that the church needs to be more welcoming and opening, opening up not only the doors to the young people, to us millennials and Gen Z's, but also be more accepting. And what I mean by that is not that you accept sin. I mean that Jesus says, come to him as you are. Come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, I will give you rest. As well as, as I just read in... Um, Isaiah 55 anyone that's thirsty come anyone that's hungry come come to me with your ears wide open listen and you will find life what the Lord is saying in this message is that you know so many people I, I love how it says thirsty at that time because that's what we are in today we're in a world today where people are thirsty you know people say on social media and to be cute or in the media period, be cute of like a thirst trap. It means that you're trying to get attention. But that's part of the problem. So many people are thirsting for attention, thirsting for acceptance, thirsting for love, thirsting for appreciation, thirsting to be validated. And God is saying, you don't need that from everybody else. If you're thirsty, come to him. He will give you. He will give you all that you need if you just come to him. And so I love that the Lord is like that. You see that in the movie. But what you also see in the movie is what we see in today's church. Where the older generation forgets who they were and what they've been through. And so they keep this long measuring stick up that separates young people from the church i know because i've been there i talked before about church hurt several times and for those of you that will join me for revival nights on march 31st 2023 uh starting at 6 30 p.m eastern standard time on zoom if you check the social media platforms you will see the link um as well as the flyer circulating around my social media is at andre griffin rogers i'm on instagram and facebook um, at Andre Griffin Rogers one is Instagram. Facebook is at Andre Griffin Rogers and, uh, YouTube as well as at Andre Griffin Rogers. And so if you follow me on those platforms, you'll see the flyer for the, and to get the zoom link so you can join us. And, um, we're going to discuss church hurt. We're going to discuss some of these same issues I'm talking about today. The, the divide in the church and how it's time to come together y'all it's time to heal jesus 
I believe he he beckoned this on my spirit. He hearkened this on my spirit of Isaiah 55 and reminded me of watching the movie and just taking me back to that moment. It was almost like while I was in prayer, like I was rewatching some of the key scenes in the movie all over again. And I believe because God wanted to make a point that there is a generation like Chuck says, I mean, excuse me, like Lonnie says, there's an entire generation that is thirsty, that is searching for God in their own way. And the sad thing is they don't have a place to go. Not only do they not have a place to go, but they also don't have a people, an older generation that is willing to extend an olive branch, to extend a hand. You know, one of my favorite scriptures I always talk about, guys, is Revelations 12, 11, which says we are overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And that they did not love their lives too much. They were afraid to die. Part of the problem with the older generation, I've talked about it before and I talked about it also in the video, is you are afraid to share your story. And the reason why I'm saying you and not they is because I know that they're, that God has brought some um, seasoned saints, <laughs> as Reverend Stephanie calls, you know, her generation she, you know, they, they listen to the podcast. And so thank you for your support as well. Uh, so this message goes for both parties, whether you are a seasoned saint, older generation, or you are the younger generation, millennial like me or Gen Z. It doesn't matter. You know, God is saying it's time to come together. I'm seeing my people hungry. I'm seeing my people thirsty for love, for connection, for acceptance and approval and and an applause. And instead of looking for that in people, why won't you look for it in God? But the problem is the older generation, the seasoned saints, you guys won't share your story. You won't live out the scripture. And so since you won't share the story, you don't remember the story. And since you don't speak it, you don't remember it. Therefore, you forget that you were just like some of the same people that you are talking about. Some of the same people that you're judging. You're just like the youth. Some of y'all seasoned saints drink. Some still do. Just like the young folks who used to buy that drinking party. You once party. The difference is now you drink in the comfort of your home instead of clubbing to go out and drink. But the young folks club, club and drink. But you do the same thing or you once did the same thing. And my how you forget what you once did while you're sitting there on your high horse judging somebody else. Some of you may have smoked reefer as it was called back in the day, which is now modern day weed. And so while you're judging the young folks who are smoking it and, and, you know, talking about how different it was for y'all and y'all day during Woodstock or whatever, why don't you share the testimony of, yes, I once had a taste for that, but God helped me and, and then tell them how God helped you. Not, not to just keep saying, well, you need Jesus. Tell them why they need Jesus. Some of you used to be, you know, excuse my language, but hoeing and whoring. And that's for men and women. So why not share that testimony with the younger generation so that they don't feel like they're so filthy and dirty and God can't use them? I can go on and on and on about the things that different generations have done that is very similar. That's why I started saying when I watched the film, it was like I was watching a modern film 
even though it was set in the settings of the 60s. Because not only the fashion is today, but just the same thing, the same lifestyles, the same things were going on in culture, in society, in the politics, all of that was the same. And so just like Lonnie said, which is why I felt the same way, uh, there's an entire generation searching for God. I know because God put that on my heart. I told you guys before about the journey to get to this point with Agents of Revival. It started in February 2018 when God put on my heart of Christian community and how he was going to put that on me as one of my responsibilities to help build up Christian community. And while I was searching for other people to do it, God continued to beckon to me until I submitted under his authority that, no, I've called you to establish Christian community. And, and every time I would ask him, well, God, how would I do that? And he kept telling me, share your story. Share your story. Teach the gospels through your story, through your testimony. But so many people have forgotten what they've been through. And the sad part is when you forget what you've been through, you don't remember how you overcame. You don't remember the struggle it took for you to get where you are. And you can't have grace and, and extend mercy to somebody else who's going through the struggle because you forgot. I have seen people judge others in the same way that I'm like, wait a minute. I remember when you used to. So you must have forgotten when you used to. I'm talking about even people older than me. You, you're judging this young, this young generation. You're judging this young mother. You're judging this young father. You're judging the teenagers that hang out on the corner. You're judging all these people. But I'm sorry. Aren't, don't we got some pictures <laughs> from back in the day when you used to? Oh, I've seen some pictures. Uh, some people doing some things, honey, when you was young and you didn't think it was nothing of it. You got to tell the story. And so you may be thinking, well, why, Andrea, did you title today's message, God's Way Isn't Like Ours? I, I titled it because what I was learning through the movie or being reminded of through the movie and then in my moment of prayer being reminded of through Isaiah 55 as it says in the text, Isaiah 55, verse um, 8. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. That's basically Jesus saying the same thing as I'm saying today. His way isn't like ours. This is why it's called the invitation to his salvation, the Lord's salvation, and not our own salvation. Because if it comes to people, as we see in the church, people will have a large measuring stick as to if you will be accepted or not. As to what you would have to um, do or learn and become first. Before you could join their clique. I remember actually. Back. When God started to speak to me about Christian fellowship. In February 2018. I would say. For months prior to that. And I talked about my journey. And my story in detail. About that particular time. 
Um, I'm not going to go into full detail, but I will just give a quick backstory. Um, March 2016, I had tried to end my life. Thank God that he saw otherwise for me to do a work for him. And then later that year, I started to hear from the Holy Spirit. And he started to tell me to write the story, tell the story. Then came April 25th, 2017, when I had a vision from God where either he called me up to heaven or um, or just in the vision took my mind to heaven. I don't know that that's above my pay grade. <laughs> I can't explain God's ways. Again, as it says in Isaiah, his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. So I have no idea, but I just know that I got a vision from God and I got marching orders to go teach the gospels through my story. And so I done that. And I started to write a book. Um, and it's not out yet for those of you that are like, oh, let me go look for it. It's not out yet. It's not out yet. But uh, soon. And so um, as I was doing that, that's when the Holy Spirit started to speak to me about Christian community. Now, I knew that it was something in my heart that just like Lonnie was saying was something that I was like longing for and lacking in my life. You know, though I had some friends who... Believe in God, believe in Jesus. It's, many of you may have experienced that as well. Um, but the problem is, especially with our generation of millennials, is there are a lot of people that say they believe but don't fully believe or don't know what they believe or aren't willing to dive deeper in faith to uh, learn about their faith, you know. And that, I don't just mean like going to church. I mean, just opening the Bible and reading it for yourself. I mean, making prayer consistent. I mean, listening to and, and asking the Holy Spirit to speak to you. I mean, consecrating yourself, your life, your body, your works unto the Father. Most people aren't willing to do that. That's called discipleship. And so when I found myself um, in a group of friends who, uh, excuse me, who some of them, you know, knew Jesus, believed Jesus died for their sins, but that's about the extent that it would go. And then others could, you know, quote scriptures with me and would read the Bible with me. But again, it, it wouldn't be them doing it on their own. It would be like, okay, well, because I mentioned it, then okay, sure, Andre, let's go ahead and like open up and read a scripture. Um, but that, that was the extent. And so I just found myself really craving for, deeper friends that were rooted in faith that were rooted in um establishing personal relationship with jesus christ that were rooted in studying their bible and meditating on it day and night like it says in joshua 1 8 and like god had already been doing in my life and that's when god started speaking about christian fellowship and so i thought it was about me going out to find it and i have visited a lot of different churches and i visited um a lot of different small groups and whatnot. And I could not find what I was looking for. And, um, you know, I'm going to keep going. I know normally around this time I wrap up, but I feel like God is just telling me to just continue going and teach this message. Um, and so for those of you that may have to pause it and come back, make sure you do because, um, there's, there's more to this, not just my story, but there's some more scriptures I want to give you and some more things that got revealed to me uh, through the movie and just through my prayer time. Uh, but anyway, and so 
I was going to different churches and different small groups and organizations. And there were some things that I saw that I was not comfortable with. Others that I was like, hmm, okay, so this isn't it for me either. And what I saw was, and some of you may have experienced the same thing, where on one hand, I saw um, friend groups of friends that made it hard for me to join their clique so to speak that's the tribalism that you'll see in the church today where it's like well, where do you come from well what's your criteria what's your credentials um what's what's your degree level what's your job level how much money do you make okay well only if you meet this criteria and we discuss it amongst us can you come and join us at fellowship in our in our prayer circle or in our bible study and that was just like what i'm sorry that that's nowhere in the bible except for with pharisees but other than that that's that's not jesus way and so it's like oh, okay i'm sorry i, didn't, I don't want to answer this whole long questionnaire about my qualifications you know it wasn't even a questionnaire to help us get to know one another it was a questionnaire of like how, how popular my status is you know, how, you know, what do I have to offer that society says is offerable? And that's the only way I can join. But forget that I'm just a humble servant looking for a group of friends to, you know, talk about Jesus with. It was like, oh, no, that's not enough. Sorry. We have to see what uh, fraternity or um, sorority you're a part of. And, and you know, uh, how many followers you got on social media. And like it was just like all this superficial stuff that was like, this is not God. And so then there was other places that I went that might have been like a whole bunch of seniors. And even then it was like, okay, well, I'll try to kick it here. And even though I wasn't judged by the seniors, but what happened was I would feel like they were so stuck in tradition that it made me uncomfortable. Like one of the things that they would do that was just like, this ain't biblical either, was just to show up for Bible study. I had to pay tithes and offering. And it was like, what? Why are you taking up an offering during Bible study? That's not biblical either. If you ever go and study Jesus's way, God's way through the, through the life of Jesus Christ, he never took up an offering plate. He just gave the word. Now, there were people that wanted to care for him. There were people that I believe, you know, God moved it on their heart or their mind. Like we see the story between Martha and Mary uh, and Lazarus when, um, you know, Martha is like trying to make this big feast. And he's like, you know, Jesus, won't you tell my sister to come help me? And, you know, and Jesus is like, I'm not going to do that. This is, this is in the text, guys, right before um, he's to be going through the process of crucifixion um and and all of that jazz <laughs> and so we see time and time again where jesus was cared for by the people but they did it out of their own accord they did it because i believe even though the holy spirit wasn't with them at that time there was still a beckoning from god that said serve the 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 prophet serve the the, the messiah in this way and the reason why I call my prophet is because um, even Simon Peter, once he first has a revelation of him, he says, you know, some call you prophets. But he says, what do, what do you call? He said, well, we call you the Messiah. Or rather, Peter says, we call you the Messiah. 
Um, but he was looked at by certain people at that time. And sadly, still to this day, there are other false religions that try to call Jesus a prophet. He is not a prophet. He is this Lord and Savior. He is the Messiah. And so, um, and so, but at that time, they understood that you took care of the leader. And Jesus even talks about how, like, when you seek first his kingdom and live righteously, everything else is added unto you. That means that he will provide people with the resources you need that will take care of you. Like, your gift will make room for you, so to speak. Um, and so, yeah, at that time, and even to this day, you know, a lot of leaders are taken care of by the, um, by the tithes and offerings that the Lord allows to come into the storehouse. And there's so much in the Bible to talk about the backstory of that. that it would just take too much time right now to get into it, but go read Deuteronomy, go also read Leviticus for those that want to know and Malachi for those that want to know um, uh, more of a deeper study of tithes and offering and, and, and how it affects the priesthood. But anyway, um, it, that's not God though, for a person to want to come to Bible study or even to come and hear you preach and they got to give an offering. They got to give you a tithe like that's That's not God. And so I experienced that. And then I experienced with other people where it was like, oh, um, you'll allow me to read scripture, but to, you know, um, talk about it. It was like, oh, no, 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 no. We'll, we'll let you read like a classroom. Like, you know, you've been in primary school. Well, we all been in primary school, but I'm saying in primary school where the teacher would say like, who wants to help me read? And so that's how it was. It was like, oh, you'll let me read. But in order to say something, I got to raise my hand and only you can speak. Only you can teach it. And it was just like, I'm sorry, that's supposed to be just a group meeting of believers. I didn't know this was you teaching us. That's not what you advertised. And so I say all that to say, like, I just saw a lot of different things in the church that was really bothering me. And then when I would visit other church, um, different churches, because for me, I've always had this idea and I believe God placed it in my spirit, even growing up, um, that we're all one. And so I have talked about it before. I have always went to Catholic schools all my life, even though my church home was a Baptist church. Um, I visited apostolic churches. I have family members that are Jehovah's Witness. Uh, I mean, there's also some, sadly, some family members that don't believe in Jesus at all, but we're going to pray for them. <laughs> but anyway, um, and, and other denominations, uh, I would also, with my Catholic school, we would go visit the Amish a lot, which is another Christian community. And so for me, it was always like, we're just all the same. And the reason why I would say we were all the same of those that believed in Jesus Christ, regardless of your denomination, was because we're teaching the same things. We're reading the same Bible. Even with the Jews, once I started to become, uh, to understand more and more about, um, you know, my, my Jewish faith heritage, they're reading the same things in the Torah and the Septuagint. Like they're reading a lot of the same books. The only difference is that, and this is go now for the Catholic canon, a lot of these books are in there, but the regular Hebrew Bible, you won't see those same books. Um, but that's about the only difference is that like just what stories went into the canon. That's it. But other than that, it's still teaching Genesis to Revelation for the most part. Or like I said, for the Hebrew, by um, for the, excuse me, the, uh, 
the Jewish Torah and Septuagint is very different. It doesn't have, as they say, New Testament in it. But anyway, for the most part, we're still teaching about God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We're still teaching about Jesus Christ. We're still teaching about the God of David and so forth and so on. And so I was just feeling like, well, why do we need these barriers of denominations? And so as I was going back to studying this text, I was like, God, why is this? Why? What are you speaking to me through Isaiah 55 again? Because I studied this text time and time again. What are you trying to say to me through this text? And he told me to go back to Isaiah 53. I said, okay, God. So I went back to Isaiah 53. He said, read verse 5. And then I want you to read verse um, verse 11 and 12. And so I said, um, okay, God. So to go to Isaiah 53, verse 5, it says, But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. And then to go down to verse 11, it says, when he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous, for he will bear all their sins. I will give him the honors of a victorious soldier because he exposed himself to death. He was counted among the rebels. He bore the sins of many and interceded for rebels. So I said, God, what are you talk? What what are you trying to say to me in this moment? And he said, Remember how you felt as you watched the film Jesus Revolution. I said, Okay. I said, Well, I agree with a lot that Lonnie said, but I but but God shifted my perspective in that moment of prayer. And he put me to the mindset of Chuck. Of Chuck uh Chuck Smith. And he was another um, like I said, he was a, a church leader. An evangelist, as they were calling him back in the day. And he's the one that Lonnie comes to. And he's the one in the very beginning, played by Kelsey Grammer, that has this, you know, idea or mentality that, like, we're the older generation and we know how church should be, this, that, and the other. And Lonnie is saying to him, like, again, there's an entire generation searching for God. And then, and then Lonnie says to him, how can they walk through doors if your doors remain shut? And I remember Chuck in that moment beginning to cry. And and it and it started to change him, change his perspective. But I wrote these quotes down because they were so powerful for me. And so I said, well, Holy Spirit, okay. I'm thinking about these quotes. I remember Chuck Smith's re- response. And then Chuck Smith's attitude afterwards was, being about it it wasn't just about hearing the conversation it was about okay now what can i do and he took a stance even when the church dare i say he rebelled even when the other church um officials and older members of the church felt like what the hippies were dirty the hippies were into drugs and sex and rock and roll and um and drinking and partying they were they were just a lost cause and chuck took it upon himself to be the one to take a stand and say they're not a lost cause i've sat with one of them god answered my prayer and i sat with one of them and i listened to this man say that there's an entire generation out there that uh, that want to know jesus but how can they know jesus if you keep your doors closed 
How can they know who and what who God is and what God stands for? If you are only always giving them a bunch of rules, they're meant to follow. If you're only always giving them a bunch of protocols that, oh, you you can't get the word of God unless you tithe and so an offering. You can't come in as you are. You have to dress this way. You can't speak or ask questions because I'm the leader. I'm the teacher. I'm the pastor. So it's only me holding a microphone and so forth and so on. And and I was just talking to God and I was like, God, I feel like you're taking me back to 2018 all over again. And God said, yeah, because I need you to continue to remember how frustrated you were with the way you were treated in the church so that you can be helpful for my others and how irritating it is to say the least to have closed doors and judgmental mouths. Ooh. That's kind of nowhere, y'all. <laughs> Come on, God is speaking in this moment. It is time for the church to really get back to God's way, not our own. It's time for God's leaders, church leaders, to have the DNA of spirituality in Jesus and what his Bible really says and not religious DNA. And I talked about this before. On a podcast episode during a devotional series um, called Religious DNA versus Spiritual Maturity. Um, go check that out. That was released on the 6th, March 6th. So go check that episode out. That's episode 39 of this season. And um, and as I was just, again, spending time with the Father. This is, today, y'all, I'm not, I'm teaching, but I'm not teaching. I'm just kind of talking to you. Just giving you some things to think about. Um, God is saying today, I need my people who are called by my name to humble themselves and seek his face, seek his way, because his way is not our way. Our way of doing things has been so corrupted by culture, so corrupted by injustice, so corrupted by political spheres and systems, so corrupted by religious traditions and tribalisms and cliques. And God is saying enough. I need my church to start looking like my church. Jesus never came to start a church. For those who don't know, who don't read their Bible, Jesus never came down here to start an actual church building. He came to start a rebellion against the temples, the synagogues of that time that were led by Pharisees. And I'm going to do another episode um, called, you know, around Pharisee spirit. Um, and we're going to talk about that as well, too, with um, Revival Nights. I don't know if it'll be the first one where we'll talk about Pharisee spirit. But we'll, you know, we'll definitely touch on it. Because as I've been preparing for Revival Nights as well, I also did a survey that I sent out to people that I know. And I'm also going to post it on social media. So if you want to be a part of that survey, just, um, again, go to my social media pages and look for the survey. It's anonymous. So that means you can answer your questions without feeling judged. I won't know who you are. I won't, it doesn't ask for your email address. It doesn't ask for any personal information. You just got to click the link and fill out the survey. Um, it's going to help us with Revival Night so that we know how to serve you. But um, I was reading some of the responses that I've gotten back so far. And my God, I almost cried. And I just shook my head like, God, wow. 
Why? Because I didn't realize, and, and I say this with all sincerity and as, as well as humility, I did not realize how many people were hurting. And I know you may say, well, Andrea, you got a healing ministry. We talk about intentionality and accountability towards healing and people, you know, doing their part to heal inward. Yes, I know. But there are times even as a church leader, and I could be honest and say, sometimes I don't want to do it. And it's not so much that I don't care to do it. That's different. I don't want to do it because I'm wondering how effective it is. But because this is tied to my purpose, I know I have to show up. I know God is equipping me and has anointed me to do this. He has taken me on my own journey to do this. And he continues to tell me every day is necessary. So even when I don't see the results, I'm not seeing um, in the way I want to see people change and transform. Some people don't respond to my text messages when I send them encouragement. Some people don't respond to the social media posts and whatnot. But God continues to tell me it's necessary. It's needed. He knows what he's doing. His ways are not our ways. And so I have to continue doing it. And so, but sometimes I don't, you know, want to do it. And so when I'm seeing the results, I'm like, wow. Okay, God, this, there I say, this is fuel to my engine, to my fire that says, keep going, Andrea. Because there's an entire generation that is craving, that is thirsting, that is searching for God. They want Jesus. They don't want man-made tradition and religion. They want Jesus. Dare I say, I'm seeing even just from the responses to my questionnaire, that there are many people out there that are just like I was, that are looking for the real God that are looking for that real spiritual maturity, spiritual relationship with the father. They really want to hear the Holy spirit from themselves. They really want to be able to feel they have a connection with the father for themselves. That doesn't require your man-made religious scale that says you have to come to this building and you have to be here a certain amount of you know years and months to be, to be considered a member and then you got to pay your membership dues and it's in the other and, and people today as well as God is saying that ain't it that is not it we do not reach his people in the way that culture is that's what culture does. Your favorite artist charges for you to come to their concert. Why is your favorite pastor charging you to come to the conference? Just to hear a word from God? What's the difference between you and my favorite artist? What's the difference between you and Beyonce? You and Kanye West? If I come to your concert, oh, excuse me. If I come to your conference, I got to pay this fee. To watch you on stage perform with the lights and all of that, buy your merchandise, it you're no different. You're no different than the world. And I think that's why so many people, even in the responses I was seeing, people were like, I'm done with church. I'm tired of church. And these are all different uh, age ranges, y'all. I didn't ask anybody for their age. I probably should have. <laughs> so I could have had, uh, you know what, the, the survey's still up. I may go ahead. And change that to add in 
um, you know, people's ages so that I can have a better understanding of how this is affecting different age ranges. But nevertheless, how are you any different than the world? I remember God gave me a vision years ago where he showed me this idea that of, of church conferences. And I remember in the vision, I'm not going to share the entire vision with you, but I'll share certain parts that stood out to me in the vision. Cause some people in the vision actually are well known. God even, you know, spoke to me about some of those people that are well known, like literally their names, their faces right in front of me. So I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but I will say in the vision of this like big church conference, I remember I saw one church, popular church leader in the church, known today, again, I'm not going to say the person's name, scolding somebody else for their sin while sitting next to their mistress. Don't hurt me right. Yes, God showed me a vision of this well-known pastor, um, artist sitting next to their mistress while scolding somebody else on their sin. And I was just like, what? Then I remember I turned another way. I went down like another hallway. Because this conference was in like a big hotel. And I remember I went down another hallway. And then I saw these people who were um, teaching a class. And they were just like. You know, yelling out, people need to get baptized and you get saved. And they weren't even asking if you have been baptized before. They were just like pulling people up to baptize them, telling them, you know, that you got to, you got to be baptized for your sin and this, that, and the other. And it was just like, but you didn't even ask me, was I baptized already? You just assumed that I was filthy, that I had sin and I needed baptizing. Then I remember as I pivoted from that, like in that same environment, there was an old lady trying to get into into this uh part of the the service or teaching or whatever of this particular pastor and i remember this uh administrator i'll call it kept saying you're not on the list you're not on the list like you you didn't pay you didn't sign up um for our vip package so you can't go into this part of the conference and the old lady was just crying as this younger um younger lady was like pulling her away so much so that the young lady even dropped a clipboard and everything pulling her away saying yeah you can't come in here you're not on our list so you can't get god's word basically you're not on our list and so i remember standing there and my heart just broke y'all and so even though this was a vision this is what we see today in the church. And so I remember picking up the clipboard of the young lady. And I said, no, wait, here's the lady name right here. You know, here she is. And, and the lady was just like, no, her name, her name's not on the list. Like she just ignored me. And mind you, I was in that part of the, the VIP list or whatever. So it was like, well, she could take my seat. Why are you dragging her away when she just wants to hear God's word? But because her name's not on the list, because she didn't pay for the package, she can't get in. Because she's a pastor by, she can't come into your conference. She can't come to your concert. She can't come and get a word from God. 
And so then I remember walking away and I, and I just felt so distraught and I was so sad. And I wanted to find my spiritual mentor who was also walking through the journey with me in the vision. And, um, and so I go down another place and then I see this little girl being picked on by these people. Some kids her age were just picking on her. And so I remember feeling like, okay, well, let me go and help her. And I remember it was like a barrier up that I could not get to this little girl. And she just continued to be picked on by these people. And it was just like, what, what type of conference is this guy? Like, what are you showing me? And so then I remember I turned and uh, walked down this long hallway. And at the end of the long hallway, I entered into this room where my spiritual mentor actually happened to be and in this tiny room it almost reminded you of like a little uh coffee shop or a cafe diner it was it wasn't that big it was big enough but it wasn't that big and I'm talking about from corner to corner full of people whether they were sitting in the booths or the, or on chairs or they were sitting on the floor whether they had to stand up they were all surrounded by this gentleman this um, Jesus-like figure standing in the middle of them. And he stood tall and he just started to teach them the word of God. That's it. Just was teaching them God's word. And I remember as I was looking at him, I was just like, wow, this is church. This is church. Like it didn't matter that there wasn't enough capacity to sit. He did not stop anybody from coming in. And you know what happened as well that, that the Lord allowed me to see in his vision? The same old lady that got turned away from the other part, from that other conference, was welcomed into this conference with open arms. And she got seated in the honorable seat. Come on, y'all. This is how God works. He doesn't turn away those that we deem unworthy. Those that we say, well, you're not on our list, so you can't come in. He says, come to me as you are. This older woman was thirsting for the word of God. But that one conference said, oh, well, you're not on our VIP list. You didn't pay to get God's word. So you can't come in. But here was this man standing in front of, of the people teaching. And I know that man to be Jesus now because God revealed it to me when I woke up of like what the meaning of the whole vision was. Um, but it was like, wow, this was this is his church that it doesn't matter where you are, whether you're in a cafe, whether you're on a plane terrain. I don't mean a plane like an airplane, but you could minister there, too. But I mean, like whether you're just in a grassy playing playing field, whatever it is, just give God's word. Stop making people pay for God's word. I remember how frustrated I felt having to feel like I had to pay for God's word. Like, okay, yeah, you may have freely given it to me in this moment, but now you're asking me for tithing and offering. And it didn't feel optional either. Because, like, I've been in some services, you know, and, and even I have done in my podcast last year, I used to say, you know, if you feel led to sow a seed, you can. But it's not mandatory for me. Um, and I've also been in some services where it wasn't mandatory. It was like, if you want to tithe, you can tithe. You want to give an offering, you can offering. If not, we're moving on. But I've also seen some some church leaders begging 
for tithes and offerings, begging the people for more money. I've even been a part of some church services, not proud to mention this, but this is when I was younger, where they would like have a dollar amount. Like we're going to start the, the bidding in a sense at 500, <laughs> you know, like, okay, we're going to do tithes and offerings today uh, at this time. And so let's start at 500, 500. How many people going to come up for 500? All right. Now we're going to go down to 200 and then who could do a thousand. And it was like, what are you crazy? How, what, whatever happened to what Malachi says, which is a 10th of your income, a 10th of what you were given by God. That's also re, not even reiterated because it actually happened before with Abraham going back to Genesis where he gave a 10th, the best. Back to Cain and Abel, even before Abraham, the best fruit Abel gave. His best first fruit. It's not a dollar amount. It's what was my first fruit, my my paycheck that God gave me. Or, you know, when I say God gave me, even if you got paid by your job, it still was a blessing from God. 10% of that. So if you got paid only $100 for that week, then you only are giving God $10. And keeping the rest of the $90 for yourself. But so many don't even understand the biblical principle because they don't know. Nobody has taught them the real value, the word. Y'all, this message, this 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 talking point to you is so good. And I, I realize that we have definitely ran over time. I'm going to just have to come back. And do a part two. I hear God saying you're going to do a part two. Because there's so much more he wants to say. And I think this is probably like one of the. I have my few favorites of the podcast episodes I've ever done. And uh, this is probably like one of my favorites. One of the the top for me. Um, Because it's so good. It's so good. It's so needed. The truth is needed. And I know people may not want to hear this. Or they may not like what i'm saying but it's needed it's god's word y'all it's god's truth things need to change in the church and it starts by people who are called by god's name willing to stand up and say you are welcomed here whether whether you have a church building or you got an online ministry a Zoom ministry, which is kind of part of online ministry, whatever it is, even if you have to meet in the homes, God is saying today, I need my church to be revolutionized. I need, uh, as I hear Kirk Franklin, do you want a revolution? Whoop, whoop. <laughs> you need a revolution. It is time for the church to be shaken up. I remember when COVID happened, just real quick before we go, and I was actually happy that churches were closed. And I know people may be like, oh my gosh, how can you be happy that churches are closed? Because it was the shakeup needed for people to realize that you could have a personal relationship with the Father at home. It starts at home first. If you can't pray at home in your prayer closet, if you can't read the Bible at home, you're lacking in your faith. There's a huge part of your faith that's thirsting for Jesus that's missing because you only open your Bible you only pray you only talk to God at church on Sunday so that's a whole six days that go by where you are spending private time with the father his ways aren't our ways y'all 
And it's time that the church starts showing what his ways really are. We keep saying, and I say we because I'm a part of the church body. For generations, even before I was born, there was a saying of what the church was against, what Jesus wasn't for. How about this time we start saying what he is for? How about this time we start showing love in the way that Jesus first loved us? Don't be so arrogant to think that God can't work through failures. And I'm paraphrasing that because it's a quote that was said by uh, Kathy Laurie in the movie. So many people think that because this generation Again, they forget what they've been through is going through things that, okay, well, that's too different. They can't be used. Just throw the whole generation away. And God is saying, no, I have love for my baby bloomers just as well as I have love for my millennials and my Gen Z's. Who are you to throw them away? I don't care if they got pink hair and blue eyes. I don't care if they got tattoos. I don't care if they mohawk their hair. I don't care if they wear their pants a bit saggy. I don't care if they want to come barefoot like the hippies did in the movie. I don't care. God says, come who are thirsty. Come who are hungry. Come for your nourishment. Come to me as you are. And you will find rest. You will find everlasting life he will make an everlasting covenant with you he will give you unfailing love just as he promised to david as it says in isaiah 55 verse 3 so like i said i'm gonna do another um another one for this i don't know if it'll be as long or not you know that's more up to god y'all i just i'm the mouth point um the mouthpiece if you will speaking point that God is speaking through in this moment to just get a word to his people. So I know I didn't do as much teaching in the context of how I usually teach and talk to you guys. But I just wanted to have a conversation. And like I said, those of you that want to join me March 31st, 2023 uh, at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for um, Revival Nights. This is going to be the same thing that you got today. It's just going to be talking and listening honestly i want to hear from you i want to hear your stories i'm also going to share the the results from the survey um i'm glad that it is anonymous because so many people have put some personal things in there and i want to just discuss it i want to build bridges guys i want there to be true healing and revival in god's body and i'm just you know as i always tell god i'm just part of the pinky toe doing my part in the kingdom the kingdom is vast you know, he has many servants, but I'm just doing my little teeny part. So if you feel interested and you want to join me, save the date, March 31st, 2023 at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Zoom. It's free of charge. You just have to go and uh, search for my social media platforms so that you can get the official link and code to log in. It is um, at Andre Griffin Rogers is my youtube at andrega from rogers one is my instagram and at andrega from rogers is my facebook i don't know why they won't let me just have it be seamless across the board y'all 
But we got to work what we got to work with. So may the Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord our God be gracious to you, show you his favor, and give you shalom, give you his peace. Take care and bye now.